Thank you, team. Good morning, church. Good to see everyone. Good to be back. Thank you to Clay Hall. It's always a blessing to me, and as you say, it's a blessing to you for Clay to fill in. I got to watch uh, the video from the road, and uh, I told Clay it was, uh, I wasn't even thinking about it, but uh, Clay, being an EMT director and a fireman, it was the perfect Sunday for him to talk since it was a weekend of remembrance in the 9-11, and I thought he did an excellent job. We're just so blessed to have people to fill in in many different areas that we do here at Creekside Community Church. A little bit of housekeeping along that note, too. Uh, we are starting, uh, it's kind of beginning to feel like fall, so that means small groups. And this Thursday, the 23rd at 6.30, we're having an intro small group meeting for the Storino group for Ed and Betty. And uh, we'll post that on our uh, website and also in our Facebook community group. And it's just a meet and greet. Come and see. We have a core group from last year, but we can always add a few more. Uh, then Moment and Maryland's group will be starting due to Moment's schedule on November the 3rd. Uh, so we'll post that as well. And last but certainly not least for housekeeping, at the end of the message, today's another special Sunday. The leadership and I will be presenting four men that we've selected to serve as deacons of Creekside Community Church, them and their families, and we'll be presenting those to you at the end of the message and giving you some time to hopefully get to know them better and talk to them if you have any questions or encouragements. We definitely encourage you to pray for them as they step into this calling that they've said yes to, that we've invited them to serve. And it couldn't be a better message title because the title today is about serving, greater than and less than. Now, when I say that phrase, did you instantly think about math? How many of you are like, how many, how many of you are like me and hate math? Yeah. Man, I'm a liberal arts guy. I, I will confess, on the ACTs, I was a single-digit math guy. That's how bad in math I am. That's why Scott does all the finances instead of me. I do not like math. I don't do well at math. I can do basic math. I can balance a checkbook. But as far as algebra and geometry and trig, you great math brains can have that. But we usually think about those two symbols, don't we? Greater than, less than. And if you remember, you're always taught it's easy to tell the less than because it kind of looks like an L turned. But we're talking on a spiritual capacity today. What does greater than and less than mean? And it really is centric to Jesus' kingdom and the core of the gospel message. Now, I had some fun with the membership here on our community page. I threw a question out, a poll, if you will, and I said this, there is nothing greater than blank. And you guys get to fill in the blank. It's funny the questions y'all respond to, and then I, sometimes I throw something else out and it's crickets, but... Uh, this, this got great response. I think I got 12 or 13 answers, and I'm going to show you some. The first one to response was near and dear to my heart. There is nothing greater than pizza. <laughs> and I picked my place. Um, I'm not going to tell who all, you know who you are that supplied these answers. If I do pizza, it's from Squeezebox. I've got friends that run the Squeezebox restaurant. In my opinion, my opinion, that's the best pizza in Hot Springs. So they get a free ad and shout out. Maybe they'll give me free pizza. I don't know. They're probably not tuned in, but anyway. The second one, some of you ladies and moms will really identify. There's nothing greater than sleep. 
when you have little ones that ask for things all day long. You just need a nap. I like this one. There's nothing greater than, and this was a dual answer, there's nothing greater than babies laughing and puppies. I couldn't find babies and puppies, but I love the expression on this dog's face. I don't know who's happier there, right? That, that, that's, that's a great feeling and something to watch. There's nothing greater than family time. Somebody say amen. Just being at home with your family. Maybe it's a Bible study. Maybe it's sitting down at a table meal. Maybe it's going for a weekend vacation or a day trip. Family is great. I will call this person out because I've lived with her for 27 years. And in her food choices, there's nothing greater than chicken and dumplings. I tend to disagree. I like the chicken. You can have the dumplings. Yeah, I know. Hard to find pictures of great. That's supposed to be Cracker Barrel, but I'm not sure. This was a neat one. This was a good personal one. There's nothing greater than the smell of the earth and outside after a rain. You ever gone for a walk? I I can just envision that person taking in God's handiwork, the freshness, the cleanness, just to be in that moment. There's nothing greater, and some of us are fans of this, there's nothing greater than coffee. You got to have your coffee in the morning to get you going. There's nothing greater than friendship. To be linked together, next slide, in friendship. I think one of my favorite movies of all time is The Polar Express. And I love the soliloquy at the end when Tom Hanks as Santa goes through the kids and he's talking to the one girl who's made friends and he just looks at her and says, hmm, nothing greater than friendship. And it's just a moment when you have true and tried friends to stand beside you. That is something pretty great. There's nothing greater than alone time or quiet time. How many of y'all get off to yourselves? Be still and let God speak to your heart, to your rhythm of life. Break from work. Maybe even a break from the family at times. Especially if you have a lot of little kids running around. There's nothing better. Some of you are in this season and loving it. There's nothing better than grandkids. I don't know if it's because they come and go home and you get them for a while, but I do know it's because the children of your children are very special. We could even say they are very great. And last but not least, there's nothing greater than waking up by the grace of God in the morning and realizing your life that God's given you another day to breathe his air and find the adventures that he has in store for you. So today we're going to look at greater than, less than, in the context of in Jesus's world, in the kingdom of God, it's somewhat reversed. The way up is actually down. And if you want to be great, you have to develop something called servanthood. We're going to look at three passages. The first one's from the Old Testament, our Old Testament passage. I love this passage. It's kind of just a characteristic of how followers of God should be. Psalm 1, it's only four verses. Listen with your hearts. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight, whose joy is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. 
That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Notice that scenario of who that person they're talking about in the psalm, who is surrounded and who not to surround yourself with. The wicked standing in the way of sinners, sitting in the company of mockers. We see a lot of that in t- today in person and on social media. New Testament reading is from James chapter 3, verse 13 through chapter 4, verse 4. James writes it this way, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done and the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace, reap a harvest of righteousness. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, hear this church. Here's a stern warning. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes the enemy of God. You can't have one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the world, God says. If you follow along with worldly pleasures, if you follow along with worldly ideas, you have set yourself to be an enemy to God. God wants you all in or nothing. It's not halfway. You're going to have to choose a side to stand for and to stand on. The next passage is from Mark chapter 9, verses 30 through 37. Jesus and the disciples are walking. They've left an event And we find the disciples basically having a discussion about what we're really going to talk about today. Who's greater? Have you ever done that? Have you ever fished for compliments to get patted on the back about how great you think you are? Well, this is where we find the disciples. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He's having a moment building the ministry team, church. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. Now, this is the first time he's sharing. He's laying some heavy stuff on them. He's saying, guys, it's been great doing this three-year ministry gig, 
but they're fixing to grab me, to hurt me, and to kill me. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? And and I've said before, I love that Jesus asked questions he already knows the answer to. He's God. He knew what they were arguing about, but he puts it on them so that they can express it to him. What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way, look at this. What had they argued about? They had argued about who was the greatest. I can think who's probably in this argument. Peter, James, John. Remember James and John? They one time wanted Jesus to call down fire on the city. They don't, they don't like you, Jesus. Burn them up. They did. Peter is always jumping the gun at things. But they were arguing. Uh, you know, you probably might even say with, with, with greatest. They, they prob- My kids do this all the time. Do, you, do your kids do this? Dad, which one of you? of us is your favorite? Don't you know the disciples probably were thinking that with Jesus? Hey, hey, Jesus, which one of us do you like? Who's doing the best job at disciple here? What were y'all arguing about? And then Jesus drops the bomb on. Verse 35, sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, get this church, anyone who wants to be first must be very, the very last and the servant of all. Let me say that again. Anyone who wants to be the greatest, anyone who wants to be number one must be the very last. I told you, Jesus is upside down kingdom. Up is down, down is up and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them And taking the child in his arms, he said to them, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. Let's pray. Father, we think we're all that many times. We allow that emotion called pride to well up in us and make us to think we're doing great things. But Father, we want you to flow through us by the power of the Holy Spirit and allow us to do great things for you. Let us see these life application points and let us realize that if we want to be first, if we want to be great, we start with serving everyone we can. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Number one, the path to being great starts with the people you surround yourself with. You've heard me say this before. You are the sum of your five closest friends. You pick five thugs to run around with, you're going to have a thug life. You pick five addicted drug users, you're going to fall into a life of addiction. You pick five godly men or women, you will be pursuing righteousness. Bad morals corrupt. The word tells us that. You can't follow God. You can't be great if you're surrounding yourself with people that are worldly. 
And this applies even to, to church leaders and church officers. There's been so, I don't know if you've noticed in the news, a lot of big church pastors have been involved in scandals. Some have even deconstructed their faith where they don't believe anymore. But one of the things they have in common is they came, they, they rose very fast and very young. And I love this quote, and it's true for all of us. Hear this. Your charisma and creativity can carry you where your character can't sustain you. You can think you're all that real fast, but unless you're grounded, that's why I have older, wiser men like Bill and like a, a multitude of other people here at church and also out in the community that I draw wisdom from, that I ask to keep me accountable. Now, I'm not young and rising. I'm on the back end of my sunset journey, but I see young ministers try to do it all through charisma and creativity, and they don't ground themselves. But it's true for all of us. Unless your integrity and character stay in check in godly righteousness, you are setting yourself up for a fall. And you're going to be less than, way faster than you're greater than. Number two, you can't be on the path to greatness by being friends with the world because by being friends with the world, as the scripture proclaims, you have made yourself an enemy to God. It's a choice. I think I've told the story before. It's a sad story to me. One of my biggest influence growing up in the church I grew up in from a preteen through teen, teenager, uh, we had a Sunday school teacher who knew the word backwards and forward and and he mentored me and several other teenage boys and taught us the word. And I later found out as I moved on and out of state and everything, he basically kind of left the faith, walked away from the faith entirely. And he works with a friend of mine back in Tennessee. And I asked him, I said, well, what happened to him? And he said that he, he questioned him about it, said, didn't you, didn't you used to teach Sunday school? Didn't, didn't you? He actually was a deacon of the church. And he was honest enough to answer. He said, you know, I got out playing golf with some guys. We get out every weekend. We party. We just have a good time. And I actually got to enjoying that more than I did going to church. And he said, I know I should come back. But listen to what he said. I've been doing it so long and it feels so good, I just can't go back. If you are a friend to the world, you are an enemy to God. That's, that's the word of God. That's not Pastor Mark trying to throw shade or guilt on anyone. That's, that's scripture. That's word. So watch your worldly friendships and your pursuits in the world and pursue God. Number three, in order to be on top, you must first start at the bottom. The way to Jesus's kingdom and greatness is that up is down and being great starts with serving others. I read an article over one of the recent disasters and hurricanes and different people have said it. You know, when people converge and a lot of good hearted people converge on a disaster to help out and sometimes it gets confusing who's in charge or what to do. And I can't remember the original quote, but the theme is this. 
Look around for the helpers. Look at the people serving people and plug in. Rather than the one screaming and barking orders and doing all that, look for the helpers. Because someone who's a true believer, someone who's a true disciple of Christ and follower of Jesus will be serving. It's not about them, it's all about him. And when we have that mindset in our heart, God, in his time, in his righteousness, in his graciousness, elevates us to the positions he wants us to serve in. And no one knows better where you should serve than your father in heaven. He's gifted you with gifts and talents, but allow him to place you in that position. The way in Jesus's kingdom, greatness is up is down and being great starts with serving others. Jesus in Matthew 23, 11 and 12 said this, but he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted, will be lifted up. That's the passage that we want. If you want to be great, be serving others. The path to being great starts with us having a servant heart. Jesus in Mark 9 and 35 said this, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. I want to challenge you. In your world that you control, in, in your influence and impact in your life, who is it that you can look around and say, I need to be serving them? I'm going to start serving them and allow God to work his will with me. That's where it starts. The path to becoming great. If you want to be great, start serving. Start looking at what God's putting in front of you of ways you can serve. We have ways here. We have tons of volunteer opportunities here. You probably have ways at your workplace, in the community. Ask God to open your eyes, open your heart, and find out serving. If you're here this morning and need prayers of restoration, or maybe you need to start serving, we're going to pray. Maybe you need to put on Christ for the very first time and make a confession of faith and be buried in baptism. We can assist you with that. But I challenge you, I challenge you to desire to be great for God, but be great by learning to be his servant. Let's pray. Father, may we all have that humility that you want us to start with. That we first are humble and you in your time put us in the right places. That you exalt us. Not that the word says pride goes before a fall. Keep the prideful spirit that the enemy wants to put in us away from our hearts. Let us be humble. Let us be focused. Let us have discernment to see these opportunities you're placing in front of us, Lord, so that we can serve people. I, I really believe there's people in our daily lives we tend to overlook that we could do great acts of service to 
that would bring glory to your name, not our glory, not for the glory of Creekside Church, but for your glory, God, so that your name could be praised and magnified. God, we have great servants here, but we know we always can improve and be greater and rise up as you prompt our hearts. So open our eyes and our hearts to truly seek you. Help us to surround ourselves with people that are encouragers and inspire us to do greater. Help us to realize, Father, that the way up is down, that if we want to be great, we will be a servant to all. Jesus, thank you for your words. Thank you for your teaching. We pray this in your holy name. Amen.